Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Here at the Black Information Network, we know how important it is for you to start your week off energized, engaged, and enlightened. There are always major stories that break over the weekend, and we feel you should know about the ones we are talking about today. So stay tuned for our weekend recap featuring BIN correspondent and the host of Civic Cypher, Hugh Ward. This is the Black Information Network Daily Podcast, and I'm your host, Ramses Ja. All right, Q, my main man. How you been, man? It's been a while since you've been on the show. Ramses, I've been exhausted. Mm. Uh, I think I'm going to change my zip code to 35,000 feet. <laughs> well, that's what I like to hear. Moving around the world as you should. Well, um, I'm sure you've been uh, having a lot of downtime, paying attention to a lot of the news, particularly the news over the weekend. So let's tell the folks some stories. First and foremost, I know you heard about this uh, 21-year-old uh, coming out of Zimbabwe, who was white, yet won the Miss Universe Zimbabwe concert, right? Yes. <laughs> so give us so give the, us more on the, the story. You know, um, the Miss Universe beauty competition is something that most of us are familiar with. Yeah. And and God bless, you know, the young the young woman's name is Brooke, Brooke Jackson. Wow. Mm -hmm. Um, God bless her because she just entered the competition. You know what I mean? And she has to end up kind of in the the crosshairs of the backlash that comes with something like this. But it seems that people are kind of split on the reaction. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. Right? Too. Like the idea that uh, a Black woman could win Miss America is a thing. It's happened before. Mm -hmm. Right? Uh, a white young woman winning Miss Zimbabwe, however, it's not that people are mad that it happened. It's it's similar to the type of things that we have to come into contact with when we say Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? The the idea is not that everyone else should receive less than us. Mm -hmm. We just want to be elevated to zero. You know, you know what I mean? Like, so it's it's a white woman winning Miss Zimbabwe and it being celebrated would be strange in a world where a black young woman playing 
a Disney character receives aggressive backlash. backlash. Yeah. Right. Like this, this, this young woman in Africa, she entered a contest and she won. And that shouldn't be a story, except you really have to go out of your way to find white representation to represent the, con- the continent of Africa. Yeah. And when the roles are reversed or when put in a position where we have to find the black person to represent in a space that's predominantly white, we get pushback. Yeah. You know, i.e. legislation most recently where the Supreme Court said, yeah, let's not even consider that a person is black with regards to receiving access to higher education. That was a thing. And now it's not because too many people were bothered by it. Yeah. So I don't think the response is to tear down this young lady. It's just pointing out, man, you it feels like you guys really had to go out of your way to make sure the representative of Zimbabwe was a white woman. And it's you know, in the same world where, you know, um, one of the Bailey sisters, I don't remember if it was Chloe or Haley, playing the Little Mermaid had people really aggressively angry. And that is a yeah. fictional character in a Disney movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a fair point. The, the, the thing about it is that there's been a lot of backlash on Twitter. And a lot of the people are, you know, because to to a black person, especially a black woman um, in this country, at least. Um, I've, I've heard that, you know, a lot of times it feels like it's coming from all angles, you know what I mean? It comes from black men, comes from other black women, light skin, dark skin. And of course it comes from, you know, the powers that be, you know, people who are not black, often they are white and, you know, it's, it's just tough to be a human being in that particular body, um, for a lot of reasons. This is my impression of what that life must be like, you know, according to my sisters, my family, and those people close to me who are kind of extensions of me into that um, particular experience. Um, But in Zimbabwe, you know, the people that chose this young woman are also Zimbabwean people from, you know, based on the reactions that people have to the story. And so it's it's important to point out that she is as well. She's a native of Zimbabwe. She didn't import some Let's, they didn't say, let's go find a white woman to represent us. She's one of their own. Right. right but, exactly. you know, it's it's understandable in this world that we live in why it got a negative reaction. It's, I don't think oh, it's yeah. about that young lady specifically. I don't think people have a problem with her. Right. I think people just feel like, man, you, you'd have to go out of your way. to. Exactly. The, it's a, and it's a beauty pageant. That's another thing that makes it different. This isn't one of those contests where it's about, you know, your platform or your you know, your thoughts on global issues, yeah. the Miss Universe pageant and Miss USA is yeah. different from Miss America. It's subjective. Yeah. USA and universe is beauty. Yeah. So for yeah. the beauty of Africa to be represented by a white woman is definitely something that I think would cause some at least black women to. to yeah, some some res- it would cause a response. In fact, there's yeah. there's a couple of um, uh, people, people's reactions off of Twitter that I want to share. One of them. I won't share the names, but, you know, these are some reactions that I think kind of give an idea of how this has been uh, received. Um, one says, we know white people exist in Africa. That's not the point. That's what you were saying, Q. Mm-hmm. goes on to say, the point is a white person was chosen to represent the beauty in Africa instead of an African woman. So stop acting stupid like y'all don't see the issue. So that's pretty much what you were saying right there. Another um, uh, tweet comes from. Well, I won't say the name, but it says this is like giving Taylor Swift a BET award. <laughs> and I thought that was, that was pretty funny. <laughs> wow. And 
And then uh, there, here's another one that I think makes your point for you as well, Q. It says, what in the United States is going on in Africa? And so, um, yeah, reactions. But, you know, it's it's not unfair. It just feels unusual. And that unusual feeling butting up against kind of the plight of black women in particular at this moment might it, it might cause this sort of reaction from people where it's just like, huh, you know, what, what is that supposed to mean? But let us not forget that in 2019, I believe there was five major beauty pageants um, in the U S and all five of them were won by black women. Um, I, I, I know we both know one of them personally. And so uh, or you might actually know a couple of them, but um, I know that we both know one of them personally. And so and we, we talked about that when it, when it happened, when it well. happened, right. Yeah. So, so, you know, let's not forget that, you know, that this is not, it may not be a, a conspiracy. This is, you know, one country's decision. And one of the things I do know that while it is a beauty pageant, um, there are other factors that go into competing in a beauty pageant that are beyond just, just the beauty. The beauty obviously is the biggest part of it, but you know, these, these people that, uh, uh, participate in these pageants, they actually, get coaches and trainers and they have to, you know, work on different things and study different things, et cetera. So it's a competition. Um, it's not just who won the genetic lottery or again, something subjective. Like I think this person is a pretty, there is a competition element. Um, but it's, it's not nearly as important as the beauty part of it, hence beauty pageant. And so, um, I don't want people to, uh, receive this, um, with any more weight and it then it deserves it's just something that makes you go hmm so let's leave it right there uh moving on to some some i guess this news is more on brand for you and me q uh nine memphis correction officers have been charged in connection with the death of gershon freeman a 33 33 year old black man who was beaten in jail um give us a bit more on this story yeah according to people magazine uh officers Stevan jones uh, Courtney Parham, Jeffrey Gibson, Anthony Howell, Damian Cooper, Ebony Davis, Mariko Elliott, Chelsea Duckett, and an unnamed officer um, are being charged, uh, are facing criminal charges of uh, second degree murder and aggravated assault. Um, unfortunately, this is on brand. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, when I, I saw this story, it felt like almost every other story that comes that across our about. desk and that reaches our inbox with regards to someone um, receiving some form of justice, completely undeserved, uh, in a lot of cases, completely unprovoked. Um, it's the type of thing that like gets at the pit of your stomach. Yeah. Uh, and, and you and I spoke about this recently and, and for listeners, when Ramses and I speak about death, even after all these years, it's never a quick, casual brush by conversation. But Ramses specifically makes sure that the gravity of someone's life being snuffed out and someone ceasing to exist is giving the attention and, and, you know, the weight that it deserves. Um, this is tough, man. Uh, the, the the officers. I don't know if you saw the video. Uh, I I I. This one was not for me. I, I so I'm going to add right here that uh, 
Q and I, we take turns watching a lot of videos for our show, Civic Cipher, um, so that we don't become desensitized to black death, harm done against black bodies. It's just, it's, it's a lot. And we have to see all of them, even the ones that like people that know a friend of a friend that send them to us that they don't make the news. We have to watch those too. And so we have a system where we don't, if we don't need to watch the video, if it's written, we won't watch it. And when we do need to watch it, we'll, one of us or the other will take turns watching the video. And I, I knew that you kind of saw this one. So I, you know, the reason why watching the video was important for this one is because the, the medical examiner has yeah. cited that Freeman died of a heart Natural causes. Yeah. Yeah. I remember he said that watching the video and I won't go into too much detail because it's the type of thing that make your stomach hurt. But after beating this man, these words kind of make it worse. They are seen kneeling on him until his body goes still. Yeah. And the, the, the optics, the visual, I think everybody understands what I mean. The idea that he was kneeled on until he died. Way too familiar. Yeah. You know, this person had a psychotic episode, had a history of mental health problems. And this was how the corrections officers saw fit to deal with what was happening in that moment. Right. So this is kind of in that umbrella of defund the police, yeah. which, you know, you and I both wish we could have been on the think group that came up with that slogan <laughs> yeah, but maybe a better what name. they were saying was Less absolutely 1000 percent needed accurate on point yeah but saying it like that made those who were you know less informed kind of push back because it sounds like we want a policeless state where crime just runs rampant and there's no one we can call when our house gets broken into and that's not what that meant but saying it that way I can see, even when I heard it, Ramses and I talked about it, why people would respond that way, but there should be a clinical psychiatrist, some form of medical practitioner on site to respond to a psychotic episode. Yeah. Not nine officers beating someone and then kneeling on them until they die. Yeah. That's not how that should be resolved. That shouldn't even be one of the options for how that's resolved. Well, I think that there's another... Um another facet to this and this is something that we discuss quite a bit um so if you if you are into like social justice um and kind of the plight of black people in particular with respect to politics and you know um you know our place relative to police and uh, you know a lot of the issues that um our community faces um please check out an episode or two of civic cipher <clears throat> excuse me um but the uh the thing is that these officers, more often than not, they have non-lethal resources that they can use. Um, they are trained, you know, supposedly, quote unquote, you and I had a conversation about how training doesn't, uh, additional training doesn't work, but the training on how to like subdue someone and, you know, um, you know, they're, they're trained in hand to hand, all this sort of stuff that most people are not trained in. So there's an advantage there as well. Um, and as you know, they carry a device whose only purpose is to end a life. Um, and what I, I found time and again, not just with these stories, but with the countless stories that we don't, in, don't encounter, they never make their way to us at all, is that there is a culture that 
causes uh, like almost like a gang mentality and um a and an, a response that is not warranted by the the circumstances or the situation right in other words there is a uh the response is overwhelming and unfair um in 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 my estimation uh this comes from not just the data that i've uh seen not from the videos that i've seen this comes from lived experience my own personal interactions with the police where i'm don't i'm not going to harm you at all you know that i'm not going to harm you and yet and still your response leaves me bleeding um you know and i'm from compton california and for those familiar with the lapd in the 80s when i was growing up um i've also seen with these eyes that same kind of overwhelming response in particular uh when police are interacting with black and brown bodies and so that sort of bully mentality that gang mentality that is present in in the police and culture leads to situations like this where no one chose to use a less lethal option to you know subdue or corral or you know whatever a person who's having an episode um it was like they jumped him nine people jumped him and now he's dead they use and, their batons they use their fists right yeah like it was yeah. it's it's as bad as you could imagine and yeah. and per usual with law enforcement and very very strong union infrastructure you and i murdered someone at work we would not be on paid leave right and there are, yeah no one listening to this would be on paid leave these officers all nine are on paid administrative leave right while this thing is being you know worked out i'm guessing in the courts or that is incredible the, the the most incredible part is that you can see the video of them doing this and that you're paying for them to be on paid leave so you know what they did and yet and still you're still funding their paid leave and guess what when the lawsuits come guess who's paying for that we are yeah. as well exactly and so again rethinking the officers the, will not be sued as individuals no no the qualified the department right? has to pay for it right right your so, tax dollars so with that in mind but let's not take any money from them though <laughs> no 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 real how dare real you even suggest that right so the other part of this though is that um again rethinking our finances and how our finances are spent uh ensures that we don't have to fund every lawsuit we don't have to pay for administrative leave for officers that aren't working we don't have to do all this sort of stuff um rethinking how we're spending can take some of our money and put it into programs and and professionals and other resources that prevent these sorts of things from happening that are proven to prevent these sorts of things from happening um people have this this narrative and and understandably so because it makes sense and if the right people say it of course you're going to believe it but there's this idea that hiring more officers makes people safe and the truth is hiring more officers causes more people to die that cancerous policing culture just grows with the amount of officers you know what i mean i'm not going to say all officers are like that but all humans are susceptible to that type of mentality including me you know if i'm in the wrong if i'm in a room with a bunch of climate change deniers after a while i might start picking up a thing or two it's just we're social creatures and we become uh, socialized and and I, I i i don't know 
what I don't know, but I do know that more police officers and more police presence often leads to more police, more aggressive police response. It took nine people to do what two people could have done, you know, and we've seen one officer take a life, you know, we saw one we've officer near on the more. neck of George Floyd. Yeah. And it's, yeah. there's nine of them there. Was anybody safer? You know, so just some food for thought. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com B-I-N today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot B-I-N. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Black Information Network correspondent and the host of Civic Cipher, Q Ward, is here with us discussing the weekend's major stories. All right, on to a little bit more positive news. Um, I know that there was an announcement over the weekend that the Super Bowl halftime show 
has been planned. So give us a bit more on that, Q. ATL shouted. <laughs> so listen, if y'all don't follow me on Instagram, y'all got to follow me on Instagram, man. Yeah. I am Q Ward. Now, if you already follow me, you may have saw some videos on my story over the weekend where you can see me actually auditioning to be a backup dancer for Usher at the... Really? Campus. You look like you didn't want me to share that. Really? Oh, bro, I was... You can't see me on the camera, but I was... <laughs> no, you're playing, man. <laughs> I was... You know what I'm saying? I was I was in there, bro. <laughs> almost took my shirt off. But they didn't have nobody on hand with the baby. Well, and I didn't really want my striations to be showing like that. Um, but no, I'm actually in Las Vegas as that news broke. Uh, okay. Usher has a residency here. I'm currently in Vegas, um, you know, helping put together some some programming and, and uh, create some curriculum for community impact. Um, you know, some people over at Allegiant Stadium, most notably Numia Duncan Reed, doing incredible work in the community here. And, you know, just being someone that gets to be associated with her and her greatness and putting together programming and creating opportunities for underprivileged and other underrepresented youth in Vegas is something that I've had the privilege of doing for a few months. But Usher's residency might be the most popular ticket in Vegas right now. Mm -hmm. So the Super Bowl being here, his residency being here, and that announcement coming out as the Raider, as the Raiders home opener was happening, the city was buzzing. Yeah. And I really did start practicing my moves. I don't, you know what I'm saying? You kind of <laughs> laughed at me and I don't know how I feel about that. Cause I was, you know what I'm saying? I, I know you can, I know you can pop lock. And so. <laughs> you such a jerk. And if I get a little hot tea, my vocals, cause I, if Usher needs some background, <laughs> vocals, I'm just saying his people can reach out to my people, uh, Ramsey's job at iheartmedia.com. Um, but yeah, this, you know, I think this is something that people wish would have happened when yeah. the Super Bowl was in Atlanta. Yeah. I bet. I am excited that it's happening for the Super Bowl in Vegas because we all know Usher. His catalog is undeniable. His stage show is undeniable. And I think that's, uh, you know, another kind of finger on the pulse of what really drives culture in these spaces. It's mm -hmm. us. Yeah. It's U-S-H-E-R. You know what I'm saying? Really? We, we really are representing these spaces. And I think that his, uh, I think his performance would be one of those ones that kind of stand out and stand the test of time. Yeah, like you might want to be out here for that ramp. I think it's I think it's going to be one of them ones. I mean, well, you know, you're obviously working behind the scenes on all this big stuff. So, you know, give me a ticket. I'll be out there for the Super And if I make the show, then, you know, what I'm saying. Like, all right, well, let's do it. Um, well, from Usher himself, he says it's an honor of a lifetime to finally check a Super Bowl performance off my bucket list. Uh, he goes on to say, I can't wait to bring the world a show unlike anything else they've seen from me before. So um, a lot to look forward to there. Uh, as always, I anytime that I get to hang out with you, even if it's, you know, you're in the next state over actually handling some big business and impacting the community um, on the ground level. Um, you know, I, I always enjoy my time with you. Once again, today's guest is BIM correspondent and the host of Civic Cipher, Hugh Ward. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show was produced by Chris Thompson. Have some thoughts you'd like to share? Use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. I am your host, Ramses Ja, on all social media. And join us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on the Black Information Network Daily Podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.